Hello, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Burn Your Draft, an exploration of the Reed College senior thesis process and experience. Today, our executive producer and Reed alumna, Seth Paskin, interviews Nate McFadden about his thesis. It's okay if you get dizzy during this episode of Burn Your Draft. Today, we'll be hearing from Nate on the exact solution of spin chains. Welcome, Nate. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, thanks for joining me. Why don't we do this? Why don't you tell us your full name, uh, the department you're in, and your thesis topic? Hi, I'm Nate McFadden. I recently graduated from Reed. I graduated from the math department and physics department as a um, interdisciplinary major, um, and I studied spin chains, exact solutions of spin chains, um, for my thesis. Okay, and what was the title of that thesis? Exact solutions of spin chains. <laughs> nice and concise. So tell us why you chose that topic. The, the way I decided it was I wanted a topic that one was interesting and something I could independently pursue and feel like I had a lot of control over the direction of the research, but I also wanted something that was that had a high likelihood of getting some interesting results or being of me making some progress into it. So I, I just met with my advisor beforehand and I gave him a list of how I wanted something that was pretty math heavy for the for a physics thesis, but also relating to quantum mechanics. And we just ultimately decided on this thing that he didn't know that much about, but he knew there was a good topic in there and that I could really decide and wander along the research path and decide what I want to do myself. Great. Well, it sounds like you had a really good collaborative relationship with your thesis advisor, at least as far as deciding on the topic. So I heard you say spin chains, and I heard you say quantum. Uh, how would you describe the thesis topic for a lay audience? Yeah, so I've put a fair amount of thought into this, because explaining research to me is important, because otherwise I don't see why I would study it. The model that I describe, which is kind of a lie, but all models in physics are partially lies, is... Um, <laughs> is you, you take those bar magnets that you've played with in, in science class and um, to make them quantum, quantum effectively means really small in my case. So we're making them really, really tiny. And the, the magnetic lines where you see maybe like the iron filings going from the red side to the black side, that's what we call the spin of the particles of the magnets that we have that are really small. And then we just put them on a line and we're just trying to see if I configure my magnets in a certain way on this line and I let it go and I just watch what happens, can I predict what will happen? From a very high level, that's effectively what I was doing. Um, it's a little bit of a lie, but it's really, really a close image. Okay. Well, I think I get what your thesis was about at the high level. Maybe now you could just take a couple of minutes and go into a little bit more detail about how you set it up and, and what you did just fleshed out for us whether or not we're able to predict the behavior of some particles gets to the essence of what my thesis actually was about, which is um, while that was the model we were studying, the underlying topic was in, in the world around us and in nature, there's so many problems that we can't really predict well at all. The example I used in my thesis was if you look at a beach and you look at the pattern of waves on the beach, 
you can predict how that pattern will look one second afterwards pretty well. But if you try and predict it five minutes later or 10 minutes later or even one minute later, um, you'll be completely lost on what the waves look like. What we're studying in this thesis is one of the few models in physics, um, in quantum physics specifically, that you can predict looking at it for a very long time in the future. Okay. And that's really the essence of why we studied what we studied. Gotcha. So it wasn't just a question of whether you could predict, but a question of what is the time horizon that you could stretch that prediction into. Exactly. Okay. Well, that was what you were setting out to do. What was the actual outcome? We kind of cheated in a way of we picked a problem that we know you could predict for a while. So it's more like an in-depth study. Um, so, so we discovered as, as physicists like Hans Bethe in the past have discovered that you can predict these spin chains. But the outcome, at least for me, was I got a much better sense of why you can predict this one particular model. But if you make very minor changes to your parameters, you can't predict it. And I found it more of a learning experience for myself. And I found that to be very valuable. Well, that's cool. So you learned that the predictive model holds, but only within a restricted set of criteria. And if you make changes to those criteria, you break the prediction and learning about those boundaries was interesting and useful to you. Exactly. And this is important because so much of physics is based off of what we can understand. So you have to fall back on toy problems as much as possible because you can understand those toy problems completely and then you use those as a way to gain intuition on the harder problems that you can just approximate but you need guidelines to tell you how to move forwards or what to expect. Gotcha. So it's good foundational knowledge for tackling more complex and harder problems later. Exactly. Did you run into any unexpected challenges or obstacles? Anything that made you rethink your approach or change your course? Yeah, so there were some challenges. Honestly, for me, the biggest challenge was the um, soft challenges, the soft skills, where I, it's easy to get, when you're working on a project for a year, it's easy to get extremely excited about it and want to spend all your time on it because you, you discovered one problem and you think you have a solution and then you want to work out that solution, but then you discover it doesn't work. And it's, for me, the biggest challenge was managing my time and not just working on this all the time because I also had classes. Mm. And yeah, the other big challenge for me was one that I've heard constantly in physics and just in research in general, which is how to rebound after one of your ideas that you think is very promising ends out to be a dud. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it's you can get really excited and think you have the answer, but if you don't, when you find out that your promising path turned out just to be expected, you have to pick up and start up again. Mm-hmm. And is that what happened to you, or just some former fashion of that? Yeah. So there were times when we, um, when all of us, uh, I had two advisors, and when all three of us thought we had a really interesting path forwards to um, maybe some unexpected behavior um, in comparing two different models, and this might be something new, and it's probably something people hadn't thought of before. When you do a couple pages of analysis and you spend some nights on it, that it is expected. Uh, it follows what you'd expect. So yeah, it did occur. Were you thinking about the possibility of publication, at least at the very beginning of the process? Yeah, when we found these interesting avenues that might be new and might be um, 
unresearched before, yeah, publication was a significant thought in our minds. Um, coming into this thesis at the beginning, I had no expectation of that, but it was just, <laughs> it was some fun thing that I got added on and it was a good ride. <laughs> That's great. Um, so what, what skills did you develop or hone as you were going through the process that uh, you think are going to help you going forward? There's the soft skills, which are just how to manage a research project and be an independent researcher and academic, which I've already used. And it's been great because I'm working as a research engineer at a company in um, Cambridge, Massachusetts right now, where I'm the one working on certain projects and I have to figure out the way forwards and make a plan and enact that plan. And the thesis has been invaluable with that regards um, because it's almost identical to the thesis. Hmm. And even the um, quantitative skills for my thesis have been very useful of the quantum physics and the abstract mathematics, because here I'm doing quantum simulations and I'm using almost exactly the same tools. So it's been really a seamless transition. And it's been, I've been very lucky. Wow, that's great. Yeah, you don't hear that very often. How about the hard analytic skills? Did you refine any of those? And yeah, regarding the harder skills, um, it's been really valuable, especially in this project right now, because one of the things we're studying is how to predict these quantum situations occurring. In this case right now, I'm looking at muons, a certain type of particle interacting with other particles. Um, so it's a very different scenario than what my thesis was about, which is a 1D line of magnets. But the whole point of the 1D line of magnets is one, to gain intuition for how, what quantum systems do, because quantum mechanics is very far from our world. It's very unintuitive in many ways. Um, so one, that gave me a ton of intuition on that. And two, it taught me how to properly analyze quantum systems with Hamiltonians and higher math, which you do learn in the classes, but you, don't, you only have so much time, so you can't learn it to the depth needed to do intense research. Gotcha. So just as a side biographical note, did you move to Cambridge for the job or is that where you're from and you just went back home? So I'm from Boston originally um, and I've actually been at this place. I started in high school and I went there after school nights. I would work there and I've been here for now, I think, six years on and off. And so I just came back and it's a small company. I love it. It's NK Labs. That's great. And it's also a great lesson for others. You know, this is one of the things I try to tell students all work experience is invaluable. And so even while you're in school or still in high school, if you're interested in something, just try to get a job anywhere involved with it because you'll be exposed to things and learn things that you can never find out elsewhere. You never know when a connection will end up being so impactful. Like I never, ex coming into this, I never expected the connection to lead to all the opportunities it has. Awesome. Well, you've talked a little bit about how the thesis has impacted you and how you've honed your skills and even what you're doing right now. Do you want to tell us just a little bit more about how you see the thesis experience informing life after read and projecting into some of those future projects that you were talking about, including grad school? Yeah, I, th I think it really will because the thing I keep on thinking back to regarding my thesis is I just had so much fun doing that work. And I have a lot of other fun doing other projects and some, some of my past research, but I've had, I just had a blast doing my thesis at Reed. And I think it's really going to push me to try and study more things like that, more of these 
very abstract mathematical things, but also connection to physics. And the, the, it was very much an interdisciplinary thing. And I, I just can't stop thinking about how much fun I had. So it really will push me. That's great. And I guess I should thank you for reminding me of my own experience that, uh, you know, I got my degree in philosophy from Reed and 30 years later, it's still a thread that's very active in my life and, uh, you know, didn't think about the connection. So thank you for that. Of course. And I just think it's a really cool thing and a really special thing at Reed where you can, you have the freedom to pick these theses and explore in this way and have fun academically in this way where it's not just you're being told this is the syllabus, this is, these are the textbooks you're supposed to read and these are the problems you're supposed to do. You can just think what would be interesting here and try it out. And I think that's really cool and special. Mm -hmm. So you're from Boston. How did you decide to attend Reed? Yeah, so actually um, my sibling toured um, Reed, and that's how I learned about it, because Reed's all the way across the country. And one of the most important things to me for um, at least an undergraduate school is the sense of community and the sense of everyone there is excited to learn about whatever they want to learn about. But they're all excited and very academic and that's what I, I really loved because I toured some other schools and I'm sure they would be good fits, but you, you don't have that same passion that you do at Reed. And it just, I, there's even people in the same building from Reed, alumni from Reed that are working nearby. And we, we talk sometimes and it just, it's good to see that everyone's so passionate about what they do. And that's something special at Reed. I totally agree. There's definitely something special about the self-driven intellectual community at Reed. It's just not something that you see at other undergraduate institutions, even though there are a lot of smart people and they have great resources and so forth. Yeah. And you don't just feel like one out of a large number. I, I really did feel like I was one out of a community. And I talked to my professors a ton and there were events held and it, it really felt like a community, which I think is extremely important in any academic institution. Well, that's it for my questions, Nate. I want to thank you for your time and for sharing your thesis journey here on the podcast. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Great. Thank you. I don't think I have any questions right now, but I, I appreciate it. And okay. it was really fun coming on here. Well, great. Thank you again. And if there are any alumni in the Boston area listening to this, reach out and connect with Nate. I'm sure he would love to hear from you. And with that, thanks for listening. Thank you, Nate, for your time and for telling us about your thesis. Thank you for listening, and I hope you join us again to talk to more seniors about their thesis and better understand why you'd want to burn your draft. If you want to learn more about Seth Paskin, check out our live performed podcast episode where I interview Seth on his podcast career, senior thesis, and so much more. Burn Your Draft is a production of Reed College and the Center for Life Beyond Reed, created jointly by students, alumni, and staff. This episode was produced and engineered by me, Reed College student Frank Tangerlini. Our executive producer is Seth Paskin, class of 1990, with technical advising from staff member Joe Janiga. Nate Martin, staff member in class of 2016, is our project manager. Music by Jack Salvucci, class of 2020, and podcast art by alumni Henry Gotchlick and Lillianne Pham, class of 2020. This podcast was made possible by a gift from Seth Paskin. Another shout out to Jack Salvucci. You can find them as Boy Talks on Spotify, Bandcamp, and more.